0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android
1: at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com.
3: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
4: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marshall Burl. Uh, he is the co-manager of the Encompass Fund, um, and he's been doing uh, money management for a long time. Welcome to the show, Marshall.
0: Thank you very much. My pleasure to be with you.
4: Let's just start with a bit of your background and uh, your investing uh, education and training and, and how you formed your own firm and just a little bit of your background.
0: Sure. Uh, I, uh, I'm, By training, I, I'm a lawyer and I practiced law in San Francisco for a number of years and decided to make a career change uh, in the uh, early uh, 1980s. It's been, been a while and I've been in investment management since that time. Uh, doing investment management and financial planning. Uh, Over the course of uh, roughly the the first uh, 15 years, I uh, had my own uh, business, my own practice, and worked closely uh, for a number of those years with Malcolm Gisson here in San Francisco. And then in uh, the year 2000, uh, Malcolm and I formally put our practices together and uh, under uh, Malcolm Gisson and Associates, Malcolm Gisson & Associates handles uh, individual client accounts and has for roughly 25 years. And uh, I'm the chief investment officer for Malcolm Gisson & Associates. Then uh, in the year uh, 2006, Malcolm and I founded and uh, started and uh, currently co-manage a mutual fund, a uh, regular no-load mutual fund uh, in compass fund. And I say a regular no-load mutual fund because a lot of people think of uh, hedge funds these days, but we're not a hedge fund. We're a uh, registered SEC-registered mutual fund uh, under the ticker E-N-C-P-X, Edward, Nancy, Charles, Paul, X-Ray. And um, uh, we've had uh, the mutual fund for a little over six years now, and uh, it's uh, uh, it's done uh, very well. Uh, in periods of time and, and not so well in other periods.
4: Give me what has been the track record of the fund compared to its benchmarks. Uh, well, the benchmark that we use and we
0: need to have a benchmark is the Wilshire 5000. It's really not a good uh, a good benchmark for the fund. The fund is set up, uh, as I stated, as a no-load fund, and there's no 12B1, so we try and uh, we feel it's quite shareholder-friendly. And it's uh, designed uh, and does invest in any market capitalization size company on a global basis and also any industry or sector where uh, Malcolm and I uh, feel that there's a good uh, long-term capital appreciation opportunities, which is the objective of the fund, long-term capital appreciation. And uh, when we started the fund, we had been invested, been investing uh, for individual clients in a lot of uh, resource companies, commodity companies, the precious metals, industrial metals, uh, different types of energy. And uh, we liked uh, the outlook uh, for those areas Uh, in 2006. We continue to like it. So there's a focus of the fund on uh, commodity companies. Uh, We're stock investors, Uh, company investors. We buy stock. We're, We're not doing futures. And uh, we still think that there are a number of reasons why the precious metals, uh, gold and silver, uh, palladium, platinum, which are generally included in that, and the industrial metals such as uh, copper and uh, some of the lesser known ones such as vanadium and antimony uh, are very attractive, as well as... Uh, various aspects of the energy uh, industry, and, and particularly now, uh, for different reasons, we we like uh, uranium, the uranium companies, and we like uh, and we think natural gas looks like it's bottomed and is uh, has headed up and, and is likely to continue to do so.
4: So uh, we're going to get into the details of all these different areas. But just what what has been the performance? Like, the Wilshire 5000 is your benchmark. What has been the performance? Say last one, three, five years compared to your benchmark. Well, we're we're
0: certainly behind the benchmark for the one year and uh, three three years. We're around even in five years. Uh, Two thousand and eight, which was a bad market for everybody, was a bad market for encompass fund, and we were down uh, about sixty percent. But then uh, we stuck with what uh, we believed in, the companies we believed in. Got rid of some of the companies we. Uh, felt were weaker, then we're up 137% in 2009 and 60% in 2010, down some in uh, 2011, and year to date we're down some. And uh, the SEC requires us to say, and it is correct, that past performance is no guarantee of future results. Uh, Good or bad. So the fund is is volatile has been because we invest in a lot of small cap stocks uh, A lot of smaller companies uh, That are more volatile by their nature as well as the uh, commodity companies an interesting aspect about the commodity companies is uh, a lot of the stocks a lot of the companies uh, Over the past year 15 months have been trailing uh, the price of gold for example gold as a commodity, this year is up uh, about 8% year-to-date, but the an index of uh, junior mining companies, uh, primarily gold mining companies, is down about 10%. So there's a disconnect, which we think uh, presents one of the opportunities for investors at this point in time. Uh, everybody talks about buy low, sell high. It's it's not human nature. Human nature with the stock market is you tend to buy high and then sell low. You buy when it looks very attractive, and, and then it may go down some, and you say, oh, my gosh, I made a mistake, and they sell. So they end up buying high and selling low. It's the exact opposite of what you should be doing, and it, it's, it's, uh, but it's it's
4: human nature. We're going to get into the details of what you have in the fund and your investing philosophy, but just an overall question. As far as picking mutual funds, uh, what kind of mistakes do most investors do when they're picking mutual funds, and why would it be appropriate to put money in your fund? It sounds like it's been quite volatile, as you were saying. Uh, the,
0: the Probably a, a um, primary mistake they make is going solely on past performance and generally on the more recent past performance, rather than looking at what the uh, funds objectives are and how the uh, manager or managers have done compared to what their uh, objectives are for that fund for example with encompass fund where we invest in a lot of smaller uh, co- uh, commodity companies uh, that shouldn't should be looked at in the context of how are the smaller commodity companies doing and are we doing overall and on a longer-term basis better than uh, individual companies or if an investor uh, was to try and select their own group of of companies. So uh, that's it, uh, going uh, primarily by a ranking or rating that uh, the various services uh, put out without looking behind what has created that uh, those numbers of stars or the ranking or the rating is another mistake that uh, investors uh, often make with regards to mutual funds.
4: And how about fees? Do they pay appropriate attention to fees or are fees not that important?
0: uh the the answer is yes to both they should pay attention to fees uh sometimes uh fees uh, of of a particular fund are, are considerably higher than than the peer group but they're they are less important than often is given uh credence to because the fees come uh, come out and determine are are utilizing connection with what those uh performance numbers are how the fund is done over uh, some Uh, period of time. You mentioned one, three, five years. And so uh, they are important and they're particularly important with bond funds where you don't have a lot of differentiation between the uh, returns. So uh, higher fees are going to result in lower returns. But with a a mutual fund, and, and it's one of the big questions that's going on in in the industry and among investors these days is uh, mutual funds tend to have higher uh, expense ratios than do uh, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, and to what degree is that of consequence? We think uh, it's of consequence if you're comparing apples to apples, i.e., an index mutual fund to an index ETF. But if you're looking at an actively managed mutual fund, such as Encompass Fund, and and to say that the expense ratio is something higher than an ETF is comparing apples and oranges. Uh, the, The expense ratio for... Encompass Fund, and again, when we set up the fund, we wanted it to be shareholder friendly. Has a fixed expense ratio. It's a one percent management fee and a forty-five basis points, uh, forty-five one-hundredths of a percent, for a service fee, and the management company, which which is. Um, Brick Asset Management, owned uh, by uh, Malcolm Gisson and myself, the management company pays the lawyers and the accountants and all the multitude of expenses that that a mutual fund has or any other kind of uh, investment has. And so it's a fixed expense ratio of 1.45% for the Encompass Fund.
4: Before we go to break, let's just do some of the basics on the fund. What is the minimum investment in the fund? Uh, Minimum investment is $5,000 for a
0: regular account, $2,500 for a retirement account, uh, or $2,500 with an ongoing monthly or quarterly uh, minimum investment uh, uh, commitment to to the fund. So basically $5,000 or $2,500.
4: And what is the um, uh, website for the fund to find out more?
0: Uh, The website to find out more, which we certainly encourage people to do, is www.encompassfund.com. And as I say, the uh, ticker symbol, and it's on uh, all of the financial websites, is E-N-C-P-X, Edward, Nancy, Charles, Paul, X-Ray.
4: Is it a Compass Fund, singular or plural, on the website? Uh, Either.
0: It's uh, Encompass okay. Fund, the uh, trust under which Encompass Fund is set up is, is plural, but the fund itself is singular, but uh, either singular or plural uh, at the website gets you to the website.
4: And what is the phone number for people to find out more about? Is there a toll-free number?
0: Uh, the toll-free number uh, would be, and, and they would reach uh, the transfer agent, which can, which can answer a uh, multitude of questions, it would be 888 888- 463 Very
4: good. Okay, we've got the basics out of the way. We're going to go to a break and then we're going to get back into the details of your investing strategy, what some of the things you like now are. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marshall Burl, uh, who is the uh, Chief Investment Officer at the Encompass Fund. And we'll be back after this.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business A Great Place to Work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of The Costa Report. Our guest this week is going to give us a rare look into the world of global hackers. The author of We Are Anonymous, Parmi Olson, will be here to tell us how hackers have assaulted Visa, PayPal, Sony
2: Entertainment, even the Vatican. This is one program you don't want to miss. Join Parmi Olson this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
3: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
4: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marshall Burl. He's the chief investment officer at the Encompass Fund. Uh, He's had a very good record long term. Welcome back to the show, Marshall. Thank you very much. One of your big areas is resource companies, um, and we're going to go through them in detail. But before that, kind of give me an overall view of why you think resource companies at today's levels uh, are good to invest in. I mean, there's been an argument that the development of China and India and Brazil has been very strong, and that's been a, a pull on resource, but that those uh, economies are slowing down dramatically and therefore will use less resources. And so a lot of these companies have taken a pretty big hit. Why do you think that's not the case? Well, uh, we
0: th- we think it's not the case, and-, and particularly if you look out longer term. And by longer term, I'm not talking about just uh, the next month or quarter, but you, you look out six, twelve, eighteen, twenty-four months. Uh, there's still growth going on around the world. Uh, You mentioned China. You mentioned India. uh, You you could include uh, Brazil and and, a lot of South America and other parts of the world, uh, Asia. Uh, There's uh, modest growth going on in the United States. Uh, So that growth requires uh, stuff. To build things, whether it's infrastructure and it's steel for buildings, or uh, the desire and the demand for cars and houses and cell phones and TVs and, and you name it, uh, all of those commodities or all those products require some some types of resource commodities to build them, to make them, to maintain them, and so. That demand continues and is growing. And while there's a big uh, debate going on, if you will, about whether the growth of China is slowing down, which it appears to be, and if so, how much and what does that mean, the fact of the matter is, uh, under the numbers that they report, and we don't have anything better to go on, you know, China's growing currently about 7.5 percent per year. Now, it's down from 9 or 12 or whatever, but they're still growing. And if it came down some more, there'd still be growth. And the same thing is uh, going on around the world. So the demand uh, continues for uh, copper and silver and gold's a a different thing, but it continues for oil and uh, natural gas and uranium and coal for energy. So the demand is there and the supply is increasingly uh, time-consuming uh, to, to find it, to get it out of the ground, regardless of what uh, the commodity is. And it's uh, more expensive and more difficult, and then there are a number of other issues in, in the supply side, which makes it more difficult. So we think that that demand uh, growth continues it may, it, it, it'll vary from time to time as to just how much, but it continues, and that's going to continue to drive demand for uh, the various commodities.
4: The uh, stocks tend to move on the perception of demand, of, of things uh, ramping up or slowing down. Um, and lately, as you say, China, even though it's growing, it's growing at a slower pace. But it seems like that has a, the perception of whether things are getting stronger or weaker has a big impact on the stocks. Is that something that's... W- worrying you even in the shorter term? Well, it, it's it's certainly true. And, and I wouldn't
0: say it's a uh, thing that worries us as, mu- as much as it's a matter uh, that we pay attention to and needs to be paid, uh, paid attention to because perception uh, is an important factor in determining uh, uh, stock prices. Uh, stock prices, after all, are just a result of the supply and demand for that uh, the stock of, of a particular company or and an extension of that to the to the industry, but uh, the, so while it's it's true that the perception is important, uh, what's also true is and it's more more important for the short term. What's also true is what's really happening, and that's where investors need to try and make some uh, determinations. Uh, beyond the headlines. Uh, uh, Often people just look at the headline and go from there, and that's one of the things that leads to the greater amount of, of volatility that we have in the markets these days, you can sit at your, you can sit anywhere, I was gonna say at your desk, you can sit anywhere in the world and be buying and selling stocks these days, which is a big difference from say 20 years ago or longer. And that has led to increased activity, both by institutions and by individuals, has led to increased volatility, which makes people more concerned and more nervous. And it's something you have to uh, pay attention to but it's also something that you shouldn't uh, prevent you from being an investor in, in our opinion, in uh, stocks, whether it's individual stocks or, or through a mutual fund.
4: All right, let's take some of the individual uh, metals and resources that you like. We're going to get to gold and silver in the end because they're a little bit different. Um, let's start with uranium. Uh, what is the case for uranium and how are you playing that, and particularly in light of the Fukushima disaster in Japan? and they've Going to get rid of nuclear there. The Germans are going to get rid of nuclear um, because of that incident. Nuclear has a very bad reputation these days. Why do you still like uranium and uranium stocks?
0: Uh, because because of, of those factors, if you will. Our, our basic underlying uh, investment approach is value oriented. We want to buy something that we think is uh, is on sale in the stock market. A company that is selling for less than it than it should be. Because of various factors, including perception that we've talked about, including what's going on uh, around it, what's going on in the industry. So, we like to buy stocks that we consider to be uh, value plays, and we're also contrarians. We think the best opportunity for long term capital gain is when you're buying low and then ultimately selling uh, high, and you get to buy low when things are out of favor, and that's That's a contrarian's view. Uh, With uranium in particular, uh, Fukushima uh, disaster in uh, March of 2011 uh, brought to light again the potential problems uh, with nuclear reactors, of which there are about 440 operating around the world, about 104 in the United States. And uh, the potential problems or accidents or difficulties that can arise from... Uh, a problem with a nuclear reactor. Uh, Japan announced that they were uh, shutting down their nuclear reactors. Uh, The nuclear reactors are used to generate electricity, which is increasingly uh, important in this world as more and more people get electronically uh, hooked up. Uh, And so electricity is extremely important and and continues to grow uh, uh, globally. The companies that are producing uranium uh, went down in the marketplace because there was concern about uh, Japan. Uh, Germany announced that they were going to do a 10-year ten- ten phase-out of uh, nuclear energy, and uh, which, which was somewhat related to Fukushima but also was related to uh, German politics. Uh, the Green Party is... is pretty influential in Germany. And in any event, people got concerned, and uh, the stocks went down. They went up a little bit uh, a few months later, and then they uh, have gone down, and they've continued to go down, although they're starting to go up. The price of uranium, uh, which on on the spot market, and and there's no real futures market for uranium as there is in gold or silver or copper. Uh, The price of uranium uh, went from uh, the spot price, uh, and most of the contracts are on long-term, but using the spot price, went from $65 down to $40. It's currently around $50. It has been for some period of time. But the demand for using nuclear plants to generate electricity presently uh, continues, and a number of plants are being built around the world, including tw- uh, 20 in, in uh China, a number of them, interestingly enough, in the Middle East, a couple have been approved in the United States. The demand for uh, uranium to fuel those nuclear plants increases, and the supply, again, is difficult. Germany is now uh, rethinking exactly what they're going to do with their nuclear policy. They said, well, we're going to take our nuclear plants offline and get increased electricity from France. France generates 85% of its electricity from nuclear power. So uh, there's kind of a circular thing there. Uh, Japan uh, has said that they and is in the process of uh, reinstituting some of their nuclear plants. So uh, in the meantime, uh, over a good number of years, The world has used 180 million pounds of uranium a year to fuel the current nuclear plants, let alone the ones that are being built and will be coming online over the next few years. The world's produced about 110 million pounds, and the deficit has been met by above-ground inventories that were built up over the uh, uh, 70s and 80s and 90s, as well as decommissioning the Soviet uh, nuclear fleet. That agreement with uh, what was the Soviet Union and uh, between the Soviet Union and the United States is now Russia. Uh, Putin has said that agreement, when it uh, expires next year, is not going to be renewed, or if it is, it will be at extremely far higher rates. So the supply deficit that we've had for the past number of years has been met uh, by other than new production is going to— greatly decrease, and we think there's going to be increased demand for new production of uranium, and there's only uh, a couple of uh, dozen uh, companies worldwide that produce uranium, and we think companies that are in the uranium business, either producing it or exploring for it and will get into production, are extremely undervalued currently and uh, make a a very compelling uh, investment argument.
4: What would be one or two of your favorites in the uranium area?
0: Well, the uh, the large 800-pound gorilla, if you will, actually there's two of them. The better-known one and uh, the one that's easier to buy in the United States is Cameco, which is a Canadian-based company, trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol CCJ. And uh, Cameco produces about 20% of the uranium produced in the United States, another vertically integrated, they they produce uranium they build nuclear power plants they maintain them is Arriva, which is a french company which is uh publicly traded majority owned by the french government uh and and so there's those are two large ones we as i mentioned uh prefer smaller companies when we can find them uh to that are good solid companies because we think there's better uh upside and better risk reward ratio and and uh one company that we've been uh, invested in uh for several years and have done well is Uranium Energy Corp which is uh, traded on the New York Stock Exchange under the symbol UEC and we think uh, UEC, which started production in South Texas in uh, the end of 2011 and is increasing production both at their existing uh, operation and bringing some new operations online uh, is, is is very attractive. And uh, so th- those, those are
4: a couple of companies. Okay. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marshall Burl. Uh, He is the chief investment officer at the Encompass Fund, uh, and we're going to get into more of his holdings and uh, why he likes them after this. From the boardroom to you,
1: Voice America Business Network. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business.
2: Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel.
4: Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Bottom Line in Business Talk, Voice America Business.
1: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
3: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
4: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marshall Burl, who is the co-manager of the Encompass Mutual Fund. Welcome back to the show, Marshall. Thank you very much. All right, we talked about uranium. Let's talk about some of the other... uh, uh, Metals that you like, you you invest in what are called rare earths, uh, I guess, and and these are not well understood or known, but they're quite crucial. What what is the uh, case for rare earths, and what are some of the companies you like in that area?
0: Yeah, the uh, case for rare earths and some of the uh, lesser known industrial metals are again uh, going back to supply and demand. Uh, supply is difficult, and demand continues. A lot of uh, the rare earths and some of these other. Uh, metals such as uh, vanadium and antimony are used in a variety of industrial purposes, including a lot of electronics and uh, increasingly being used for uh, in medical applications and other things. And uh, it's, again, supply and demand. Uh, the, the supply is difficult, and there 's an added uh, aspect to that. A lot of these industrial commodities supply is mainly sourced out of china these uh, these days, and the end users the manufacturers of uh, cell phones or uh, electric batteries uh, or uh, the variety of commodities that use rare earths or uh, antimony or vanadium or cobalt uh, are increasingly concerned when the major supplier is China, which increasingly is uh, utilizing that dominance to try and get manufacturing done in China and putting export quotas and tariffs on the export of the commodities from China. So so in the demand, uh, or excuse me, in the supply side, you have the the problems you have with any other commodity of, of finding it, getting the permits, the environmental issues, uh, the, the time involved in uh, the permitting and environmental issues, dealing with the local peoples regardless of what the, who the local peoples are anywhere in the world. And so there's increased uh, difficulty and in cost in getting uh, the material out of the ground. With regards to the uh, the supply side, increasingly with these other uh, with these rare earths, uh, uh, vanadium, for example, and vanadium, uh, you have the the issue where China is the main supplier, and the uh, end users uh, aren't comfortable with that situation, and governments, which also use a lot of these commodities for military systems and and military purposes, such as England and Europe and the United States, are concerned if the supply is primarily out of China and the United States doesn't have a supply, for example, of vanadium. Uh, We like a company that's developing a vanadium project in Nevada by the name of uh, American Vanadium Corporation. Uh, AVC trades uh, on Toronto and the uh, over-the-counter QX market here in the United States. Um, in rare what, are, what are some of the other rare earths that you would like? Yeah, the rare earth company that uh, we've been invested in for some period of time is Avalon uh, Rare Metals, which is uh, AVL, uh, and uh, trades uh, here in the United States uh, on the New York um, uh, Market Exchange. And... Uh, United States antimony. Uh, antimony is not a rare rare earth; it is somewhat rare. Antimony is used as a flame retardant and has also military purposes. And United States antimony, which has been a very very successful investment for Encompass Fund, uh, having gone over the last uh, 15 months from 40 cents to two and a half, two dollars and 75 cents, uh, is a company that uh, has antimony. Uh, mines in Mexico, which they're increasing production out of, and they also do the milling and the uh, smeltering of antimony, and we think uh, antimony, which is, again, uh, sourced primarily out of China these days, but uh, increasingly, users and governments want uh, supply coming from other than China, so it's another area that's very interesting.
4: Do you like the exchange-traded fund that has a broad, diversified portfolio of rare earths?
0: Um, it depends. There are there are several of the ETFs that are involved in in the rare earth space. Uh, several of them have a pretty broad view of what's a rare earth. Uh, company uh, and, and we'll have some very very large uh, industrial companies in the index, of which rare earths are only a very very small part. So uh, it it really depends on the particular ETF. We're, we as I say with with our research and analysis uh, uh, prefer the companies that are directly involved in various areas of uh, commodity. Uh, exploration and production, so we tend to uh, stay, uh, not invest in the ETFs that, that are far more general and broad, even if they say, well, this is a rare earth type ETF.
4: Okay. I want to get to gold, which is a big part of your portfolio as well. Uh, before we get to the individual companies, what is the overall case uh, for gold at current prices? Uh,
0: we think it extremely attractive. Uh, gold has uh, gone up for the last uh, 11 years. This very well could be the 12th year in a row. And, uh, again, it gets back to supply and demand. Uh, the, the demand is not uh, – well, there's some industrial uses, the demand is because gold is – Historically, for 6,000 years, a storehouse of value is what people want to own, uh, both in the form of uh, the bullion or coins or jewelry, um, both for jewelry for ornamentation and the storehouse of value uh, against – the printing press has gone wild which they are around the world and debt and deficit problems of government and and the, 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 the number of reasons that you hear and we think it's all of the above it's not any one reason any given day they'll say uh, the, the, they'll say well gold's up or down because the dollar is up or down or oil is up or down yeah that's for that day overall there's a demand for gold gold uh, also increasingly difficult to, to find and to get out of the ground. And so the supply-demand uh, ratio is in favor of uh, demand, and uh, the companies that are fi- looking for and producing gold uh, have a very attractive future, as as does gold.
4: How much do you think gold could go up, say, where could gold be like 10 years from now in the long term? <laughs> 10
0: years? I- <laughs> It's really – I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, If you were to say uh, 12 months from now, do I think uh, it will be significantly higher? Yes. Uh, I sometimes get the question. We sometimes get the question. Will it be uh, hit new highs? And and the high currently is about $1,925 an ounce. Uh, Will it be over $2,000? Wouldn't surprise me at all. For a number of months – Gold traded in a range between $1,540 uh, dollars an ounce and $1,640 an ounce. A couple of weeks ago, it broke out of that range. It's now just a touch under $1,700 an ounce, and uh, it it appears that it is uh, it broke out of this uh, trading range, and uh, it's now... Uh, consolidating, basing, whatever you want to call it, uh, for move through seventeen hundred and then uh, far higher, and it's it's on technical reasons partially, but primarily it's on the underlying fundamental reasons. The people and the people, being individuals and governments, want to own gold for a variety of reasons, uh, and and they prefer to be changing some of their paper currency, whether it's dollars or euros or whatever, into gold. And we think that definitely will continue.
4: So as far as a way to play gold, do you play the exchange-traded funds that own gold like a GLD or IAU, or do you play the, uh, as you say, the mining shares in general general have underperformed uh, gold itself? Which is the best way to play it at, at today's levels? Uh, we we
0: believe that uh, the mining stocks is the best way to play it because of that divergence, that underperformance of the mining companies versus uh, gold. And it's also the same case with silver, but uh, versus gold. Now, for people that don't want to take the time, to uh, look at the the mining companies, or uh, hopefully uh, take the time to look at uh, something like Encompass Fund and decide to invest in it, a GLD, which is an exchange traded fund which uh, owns the bullion, uh, is uh, another avenue, or uh, a, a uh, Uh, It doesn't have to be one or the other. You can own some GLD, and you can own some individual companies or a mutual fund that is investing in the companies. Uh, uh, The latter part, we we do own for individual client accounts. We may own, depending on the client's objectives, uh, we may own some GLD and some uh, mining stocks or some of the Encompass Fund. Why have
4: the, uh, the mining companies so underperformed the physical price of gold? For a while. Because they've been,
0: uh, and it happens periodically. This is not the first time or it's not unusual. It periodically happens. They're viewed as companies, as stocks, and when the the market tends to sell off as it has with small, the smaller companies, the small cap companies, the uh, micro cap companies, the explorers, and the smaller producers, uh, and to some extent the larger producers, then they're viewed as stocks and they're sold off. And you get margin calls uh, or redemptions by uh, in the hedge funds or the mutual funds that own the stocks. So the stocks sell off and and uh, sell off in a greater proportion than the metal prices warrant. And that's what's been happening over the last year or so. It, it, it appears to be reversing over the last month or two. And as I say, we're not short-term traders, but you, you look at these types of Uh, factors to try and determine where the longer-term move is. And we feel that that disconnect between the prices of the companies and the metals is once again changing in favor of the companies.
4: What would be one or two of your favorites in the small-cap gold uh, mining space? Uh, A a couple of favorites. Uh, One would be uh, Gold Standard Ventures, which
0: is uh, an exploration company uh, in Nevada. Uh, they've uh done some drilling they've had some uh very outstanding results it's still very early uh It may or may not prove to be uh a economic uh quantity of gold there. It looks like it is it's got an excellent uh geologist uh that's involved with the company and it's a company that we've been invested in for a while and we think still has a very attractive future uh certainly uh another company. To uh, uh, look at uh, would be uh, Comstock Mining, uh, Gold Standard Ventures, uh, similar as GSV, Uh, another one is uh, Comstock Mining, which has just started uh, re-mining in the Comstock load uh, of Nevada near Virginia City, which is the historic gold rush of 100-plus years ago, and uh, uh, Comstock Mining which symbol is L-O-D-E, load, uh, has consolidated the land claims in the Comstock area and uh, just uh, recently started uh, mining gold there again. Uh, And we think uh, that's uh, certainly another attractive uh, up-and-comer.
4: Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Marshall Burrow. Uh, He is the co-investment manager of the Encompass Fund Uh, We're talking a lot about precious metals and metals as a, a way to play growth in the world. We'll be back after this.
1: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Everybody needs expert advice when they look to develop their personal brand. Join Rochelle McCrary for the leader and the muse. Rochelle and her guests will bring you practical tips and tools to help you build your brand in ways that propel you into greater personal and business success. For strategies, stories, and much more, tune in to the Voice America Business Channel every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. For the leader and the muse. And get ready to take your brand to the next level.
2: What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Is your business ready to get started in social media? If you've already made that plunge, where do you stand right now? Are you using it to stay ahead of your competition? Or are you feeling a bit lost? Tune in to Social Media Pearls with host Shirley Williams shirley and her guest experts are here to answer your questions as well as focus on areas where you should have questions it's everything you've always wanted to know about using social media for business it's social media pearls live every thursday at 8 p.m eastern time 5 pacific on the voice america business channel
1: the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
3: You've been listening to The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
4: Welcome back to The Money Answers Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Marshall Burrell. Uh, he is the co-investment officer of the Encompass Fund. Welcome back to the show, Marshall. Thank you very much. Another area you like is silver. Uh, what is the overall case for silver compared to gold, and what would be a company or two you like in that area? Sure. Uh,
0: silver, uh, which is often called the poor man's gold, uh, is about 50% uh, used in uh, for investment purposes, about 50% in industrial uses, and uh, gold uh, has a far fewer number of companies to invest in. It tends to be the silver tends to be more volatile than gold, and the companies tend to be more volatile. We think uh, silver now, because it's uh, down more than gold on a, on a relative basis, is uh, very, very attractive at around uh, $32 an ounce. Uh, one company that uh, we like and have been invested in is Endeavor Silver, uh, which is EXK uh, on the New York Exchange. Endeavor uh, mines in... Uh, Mexico has several mines in Mexico and just made a very uh, attractive acquisition of an operating mine that they feel they can uh, greatly improve production and reduce costs, and we think it's uh, it's an attractive company.
4: And how about uh, uh, SLW? Let,
0: let me just mention one other quickly, and that's Silver Wheaton uh, hmm. SLW, which has a different business plan. It advances money to companies to either get into production of silver or increase silver production, and in exchange for which it buys at a very low price silver production on an ongoing basis. It's a different business plan. It's uh, done very, very well with that business plan. We think it's uh, something com- uh, you know, people should look at. And we well, own it the in si- the fund.
4: The silver mining companies compared to an SLV or a pure silver play.
0: Uh, it's very similar to gold. Uh, the mining companies, uh, have trailed, uh, SLV, which is the ETF on, uh, uh, on, on mining. And, uh, we think again, that the mining companies are going to catch up with, uh, the price of silver and, uh, we'll, we'll do better over a period of time.
4: Is silver a play on monetary concerns as well in the I just had the printing press, or is it? It's, you say it's half industrial. Does it play uh, the concerns it, about the
0: monetary? It, it, it is a play on the monetary less less so than gold, but because silver is thirty-two dollars an ounce versus seventeen hundred dollars an ounce for gold, silver is often called the poor man's gold because you can you can buy uh, the metal or you can buy the companies involved in it uh, in effect for a lower price than you can gold. But because it's not solely for investment or a storehouse of value, it does also have industrial purposes, uh, it, it tends to be more volatile than does gold. And uh, some people prefer silver, some prefer gold.
4: Another area you like is real estate, I think particularly real estate investment trusts, as I understand it. What is the case for real estate in general, and what kind of REITs do you like? uh we we like uh we like uh, generally we
0: like uh, most of the reefs most of the areas uh the apartment the, the REITs that uh, own apartment buildings have uh, gone up nicely. The yields have come down. But uh, the real estate investment trusts generally have a higher yield uh, than do most uh, other sectors of the market. And we think, uh, again, uh, there are some that operate globally, but many of the REITs operate within the United States. And uh, commercial real estate, which is what the real estate investment trusts uh, invest in are far different than residential real estate. Uh, we, we're often hearing and reading about residential real estate and the number of uh, people that are uh, underwater with their mortgages and, and that type of thing. Those are single-family residential real estate. It's a far different animal, if you will, than commercial real estate, owning office buildings or shopping malls or uh, large complex apartment houses or... Pub- or, or, or uh, uh, storage uh, places. So, commercial real estate, which is the real estate uh, investment trust industry, is very attractive, has good yields, and uh, continues to uh, to do well as an investment area.
4: And what would be one or two of your
0: favorite REITs uh, in the triple net lease uh, area, which is means that the tenant pays for the upkeep and the insurance and the taxes, and the landlord collects uh, rent. Without a lot of expense. We like uh, Lexington uh, Realty Trust, uh, LXP in the uh, hotel uh, space. We like uh, Ashford. Uh, Ashford has been very successful over the years, has excellent management, uh, as do these other companies I've mentioned. We think their managements are are excellent. And uh, those are two in uh, the real estate investment trust area.
4: And how about in the apartment rental area? What would be your favorite there? Uh, we, we are less inclined towards the apartment
0: area now because uh, a lot of people have said uh, with people not being able to afford houses or not uh, buying houses, the uh, apartments will do well and the rents have gone up. And we think uh, most of the uh, we'd say the uh, the apartment rates are uh, uh, fairly valued, fairly priced and, and not as attractive. One other area I'll mention quickly uh, in the REIT area is the mortgage REITs, particularly the mortgage REITs that uh, have uh, the agency paper, the Fannie Mae paper, and the Freddie Mac paper, which is uh, almost, in effect, U.S. government paper. They have very, very high yields. Uh, They can be attractive. You have to pay attention, close attention to them and to interest rates because their business is the spread between the money they Uh, Collect from the uh, mortgages they hold and uh, what their interest rates are uh, for the money that they borrow to buy those. But uh, the mortgage rates have very, very high yields, which can be attractive, but you have to pay very, very close attention.
4: What would be your favorite mortgage rate? Uh,
0: The biggest one and and a favorite is uh, Annally Mortgage. A a smaller one that uh, has done uh, very well and we like is also Dynex. Dynex symbol is DX.
4: Okay, and what, we have about two minutes to go. Uh, the last uh, area you like is healthcare. care, uh, drugs, companies both uh, uh, branded and generic. What is the case for drug companies, and what are some specific ones you like there?
0: Uh, the drug companies or the general health area is um, health care continues to be important. More and more people are living to uh, older ages uh they 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 need uh they need healthcare they need uh drugs they need uh, different procedures and uh, so we we think uh, healthcare which is a very broad area one one company that we're invested in uh and we is very attractive is Delcath uh, DCTH which has a new system for uh utilizing uh chemotherapy uh, in the body, particularly to, uh, to the liver. Uh, they uh, have been approved in Europe. They've got an application to get approved in the United States. And uh, we think uh, the, the, uh, it's a very attractive company that has just gotten out of the development stage and into the uh, operating company stage and is attractive. Um,
4: and, and anything in the generic drug area that you like? Uh, the, the generic drug uh, area,
0: uh, one we've we've liked, uh, although it it's, it's done, certainly has done well, is Teva, T-E-V-A, which is uh, the largest generic drug company in the world and also has uh, some branded drugs and is an extremely well-run company.
4: Very good. Well, we've covered a lot of ground. My guest this hour has been Marshall Burrell. Uh, he is the co- and chief investment officer at uh, the Encompass Fund. Uh, again, the website to find out more about it is encompassfund.com, um, and um, they are based in uh, San Francisco, California. Uh, the phone number again uh, to find out about them is uh, 888. Let's see, what was that number again? Do you know what the your the uh, trust number, company number was? Let's see. I've got here 888-463-3657.
0: And I might mention, Jordan, the uh, ticker symbol of E-N-C-P-X, because you go there and you can get a lot of information.
4: Terrific. Well, thanks so much, Marshall. We've really learned a lot about the investing around the world and your uh, approach to it. And uh, you've been a great guest. So thanks so much. Thank for being you very money much, Jordan. I've enjoyed it. Thanks again. And we'll be back again with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now.